good to be here at church on a Wednesday, I mean a Sunday night. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, this is, you don't have, there's no like after church snack tonight or anything. And I'm sorry to disappoint you. Uh, this is a great night to be here to preach because, you know, you've been here every Sunday night for, through the month of July and you've got a good habit built up. And so I appreciate it. I know you didn't come just for me. <laughs> you were expecting a snack of some kind. And uh, <laughs> so I appreciate that. But take your Bible tonight and turn to uh, the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. I think it's going to be more of a Bible study. I think uh, uh, for the teenage guys, you're going to feel maybe like you're back in Bible class. And um, uh, some of this you've heard before. Uh, but I want to come at it from a different uh, perspective slightly. And uh, I, th- I may have even preached a message similar to this uh, in the past. I can't remember. But uh, these thoughts have been on my heart for the last year. And um, I just keep running them over, running them over, running them over in my mind. And so I want to share them with you tonight. Uh, the title for uh, anybody that might be writing it down is Making It Through the Rain. And I will stand in a minute and read... Uh, the scripture, but I wanted to share a story with you. So uh, years ago, we were taking the teenagers up to Hillsville, Virginia, for a teen camp, and um, uh, the it's up in the up in the mountains, and so it could turn literally within minutes. You could go from clear weather to all of a sudden there's some clouds, and then all of a sudden it's thundering and lightning downpour. Uh, it could happen in minutes up there in the mountains. And uh, I remember on one occasion uh, we got cleaned up for. Uh, from all the field activities that day, and we're headed, you know, just got cleaned up for dinner and for the chapel service, and uh, I got caught in one of those storms between, you know, in, in now in our good clothes, our nice clothes, okay? Minutes before, it had been fine, you know, we were in our grubbies then, uh, but now we were in our cleaned up clothes, and uh, I can't remember if it was headed to, to, to dinner or headed to the chapel, but we got caught, and boy, it just let loose, and we were soaking wet, head to toe soaking wet. And uh, for the next, you know, hour and a half, two hours, it was pretty miserable just because you're soaking wet. Even being inside, you're pretty miserable. And uh, uh, Brother Jerry and his family went to, uh, he's telling me they were in Washington, D.C. Uh, two weeks ago and uh, on family vacation. And uh, they had been raining, and so there was a, they had cleared up a little bit, and they said, okay, let's go down and see the monuments. And so they jumped on the the uh, the, the, the uh, train and, and they made it to the, uh, National Mall area where you can get out and, and start walking. And uh, they got out and started walking, and it let loose again. And they got just head to toe, I mean, covered. And I think it happened twice when you're there, and then when you're headed back to the hotel, when they got out of the train, headed back to the hotel, uh, it just let loose again. And uh, if you've ever been in that type of situation, um, you know, it. you just trudge through it, right? Soaking, you know, your feet soaking wet, head to toe soaking wet, and it can be pretty miserable. Uh, But life happens that way. And uh, look with me at Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse number 11. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and look at verse number 11. In fact, let's stand and we'll read together this verse. Ecclesiastes 9 and verse number 11. The Bible says, read with me, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, 
Neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. But time and chance happeneth to them all. Time and chance happeneth to them all. You know, every once in a while, it doesn't matter who you are, you're going to get caught in the rain. You know, and, and chances are you may not have the umbrella with you. <laughs> Uh, it, it happens to everybody. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. It doesn't matter if you're just or unjust. It doesn't matter if you're you know, big or skinny. It doesn't matter if you're strong or weak. It doesn't matter if you're young or old. It's gonna, you're going to get rained on at some point. It's going ha- happen to happen to all of us. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 45, "...that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good." And sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. So, Hillsville, Virginia, it rained on the just. Washington, D.C., it, it rained on the unjust. All right? Uh, not Brother Jerry. You all thought I was talking about him. It was other people that was happened to. All right? Uh, it's going to rain on all of us. So how do I make it through the rain? Well, I want to talk to you about that tonight. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to be in church. Thank you for our preacher. Lord, I pray that you please would be with them tonight. And I, I believe they're probably in service now at Brother Barnett. So, Lord, would you please bless them in the service there. Give them a safe trip. Bring them back safely. And uh, let Livy have a great year, first year at college. And, uh, Lord, what an exciting time to, to be here. So, bless tonight, Lord. I pray that you'd be with me. Give me exactly what you'd have me to give to your people. And Lord, this is not for me. It's not for any kind of claim to myself. But Lord, preacher asked to share something with your people. And so Lord, I want to do that tonight and I want to help somebody. I pray that you would help them through me in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I've got, uh, we're going to go to Genesis now. And and if if you'll stay with me, um, this is one of the, the neatest things that I think I've seen in the Bible in the last couple of years. And so I want you to see it with me. And we're not going to have time to, to, to read as much as, you know, it, it would help to read the whole story in each of these cases. Uh, but we're not going to. We're just going to read a little snippet. And, but I want you to stay with me. So turn in your Bible to Genesis chapter 3. And I need Adam. Where is Adam? At, uh, Adam, jump up here. And uh, let's see. Let me, let me do this. Uh, just because I'm right-handed, let me get you all the way down there at the end of the platform, and uh, you're going to be Adam, okay? And I want you to see, first of all, the, the circumstances that Adam was in. Now, um, Adam in the Bible, the, the man that God created, what an incredible situation, circumstances that Adam had. Would you agree with me? Uh, the man who God had spoke everything else into existence, but then, and in this one moment, God reached down and he stopped speaking. And he reached and picked up from the dust of the ground and formed man with his own hands. That had been a change of pattern for him. And he took man who had just formed with his own hands and he breathed into Adam the breath of life. And man became a living soul. And with, along with that, God had placed him in a place that was perfect. No, there was nothing, there was nothing to be desired in the Garden of Eden that Adam didn't have. 
He had the perfect situation, the perfect circumstances. But on this day, the circumstances changed slightly. And Adam was, it was pointed out to Adam that there might be a circumstance in his life that wasn't just quite as good as it could be. Look with me at Genesis chapter 3 and uh, look at verse number 4. Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 4. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Now hold that sign up there, Adam, so everyone knows who you are. And uh, throughout the, until I tell you to sit down, then you can take it down with you. Uh, but uh, so Adam here and his wife Eve, they're in the Garden of Eden, perfect circumstances. But the devil comes and tells him, uh, your circumstances could be a little better. You may not know this. In fact, they didn't know this. They had not walked by this, this tree one time thinking, well, if I was to eat that, I bet things would get better for me. No, they just believed what God said, that they would die. And, and, and that was truly the case. But in this case, they were lied to, and, and, and it was told to them that their circumstances could be better. And so, what happened? Look at verse number, uh, verse number six. And when the woman saw the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired. So, can you see the circumstances changing here? All these things, well, there's nothing wrong with it. It looks good to eat, and it's probably delicious. And boy, things could get better. My eyes might be opened. She took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also to her husband with her, and he did eat. So he was there with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened. They knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God. It had been brought to their attention that their circumstances might, could have been better. And so they did what all of us tend to do. They took their circumstances and they tried to manipulate their circumstances for their benefit. Would you like to know what the result was? Death. Just like God said, suffering, violence, pain. The circumstances for them were to change from that point forward. Why? They thought that they could manipulate themselves into a better situation. Now, that does, it didn't work for Adam, and it doesn't work for you, and it doesn't work for me. Let's look at the next one. Cain, where are you at? Cain, jump up here. Oh, perfect, Cain. So, all right, come on up here, Cain. And uh, stand next to Adam. Uh, look at Genesis chapter 4. Quickly jump there. Stay in your Bible with me now. I want you to see these. This is a, it, Go back and study this for yourself. If you find something different than what I'm sharing with you, uh, I'd be happy to, to see it and learn it. And uh, I want you to share it with me. But Genesis chapter 4, verse number 3. In the process of time, it came past that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground and offering unto the Lord and Abel... He also brought of the firstlings of his flocks and the fat thereof, and the Lord had respect unto Abel and his offering, but unto Cain and his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? Why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest well, uh, and if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. Now, here's what happened. Of course, you just read the story, okay? The Lord was pleased with Abel's offering, was displeased with Cain's offering because it wasn't obedience. It wasn't what God had asked for. 
And uh, Cain thought that Abel was the obstacle in the way. And so if he could just manipulate his circumstances to remove the obstacle, well, then maybe he could have the favor of God. No, God already told him how to get the favor. He said, hey, there's a way for you to, 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 to bring the offering that I've requested. Uh, but if you don't, well, then sin's at, at the door. Uh, there's a way for you to be obedient. So, but Cain, in, in his mind, the only way to get rid of the, get rid of the obstacle and then, you know, the, 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 my failure won't be so obvious. And so he rose up against Abel, his brother, killed him. Now, what was the result of his manipulation? Death. We would, we won't take time now, but you could read on the next uh, several verses and find out the curse that God had placed upon him and the violence that would follow him along. All because of a manipulation of circumstances. Now, it didn't work for Cain, and it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for me. How about the next one? Abraham. Abraham, jump up here. Where are you at? Quick, quick, quick. Abraham, get up here. Genesis chapter 12. Go there quickly. Stay with me. Genesis chapter 12. And uh, jump down to verse number 10. Genesis chapter 12, verse number 10. Uh, Abraham uh, was a friend of God. This is, this is a man that, that uh, had an incredible standing with the Lord. Uh, he one that God had chosen to bless. The Bible says in verse number 10, And there was a famine in the land, and Abraham went down into Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. And it came to pass, when he was come near to enter to Egypt, that he said unto Sarah his wife, Behold now, I know that thou art a fair woman to look upon. Therefore it shall come to pass, when the Egyptians shall see thee, that they shall say, This is his wife, and they'll kill me. But they will save thee alive. Say, I pray thee, that thou art my sister that it may be well with me for thy sake, and my soul shall live because of thee. So here's, it's, it's raining in Abraham's life, okay? God told him to go to this foreign land, and so he does. And he takes his family with him, including his wife Sarah, who's a beautiful lady, uh, so beautiful, and, and he recognizes how beautiful she is. He says, you know what, my life's in danger. If I go into this foreign land with my beautiful wife, and they know it's my wife, they're going to kill me just to have her. He says, hey, honey, uh, would you do me a favor? Just tell him you're my sister. Now, you're not really lying because, in truth, you are like a half-sister to me, okay? So we're not really lying, but we're just manipulating the circumstances slightly. And so they won't kill me. So Sarah says I'm his sister. Not lying, just being obedient. And uh, it goes, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the Pharaoh there, Caesar, she's a beautiful lady. Says, hey, uh, who's this lady you have with you? Hey, oh, it's my sister. Yeah, I'm his sister. He says, well, come on with me then. Well, now Abraham's clear. He's, you know, he's still living. Okay, his circumstances have been manipulated. Now, who knows what's going to happen to his wife from here? But God comes in a night, in, the, in a vision in the night, and tells Pharaoh, "You touch her, I kill you." That's another man's wife. The Pharaoh comes back the next day and says, what, what, "Hey, why didn't you tell me this was your wife?" Abraham says, well, I, you know, I just assumed that you were going like, to kill me if, if you found that out. He said, I might now, okay? Uh, you almost killed me. And there was a curse placed upon the Pharaoh. And Abraham is the one that had to pray that this curse be lifted. You read the story. Now, Abraham tried to manipulate the circumstances for his benefit. Now, she was left out in the dark, okay? 
Who knows what was going to happen to her? But he was going to live. He, he, he would squeak by. He tried to manipulate it for his circum, the circumstances for his benefit and eliminate the, the, this, the risk that he was in. The result, plague, sickness, possible death. Now, I don't know how many people died in that situation, but God put in place a plague on that city and on that country until the right was made. Now, uh, it, the manipulation didn't work for Abraham. It didn't work for Cain. It didn't work for Adam. It was raining in each of their lives. Adam's just a perceived rain. Okay, he had it good. Cain, it was raining. God was displeased with him. Abraham, it was raining. The, the Pharaoh would have possibly could have killed him. It was raining, but manipulate the circumstances, and what's the result? Plague, sickness, possible death. How about Lot? Where's Lot? Jump up here, Lot. Remember Lot's story? Genesis chapter 18. I'm sorry, Genesis 13. Genesis 13, very next chapter. And uh, verse number 8, Genesis 13, verse number 8. Abraham said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. It's, is not the whole land before us? Before thee, separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I'll go to the right. If thou depart to the right hand, then I'll go to the left. All right, so Lot and Abraham are traveling together, and they're, they're, their families are large, and their possessions are large, and their herdsmen are, you know, fussing a little bit one with another. And, you know, the, the, the Lot's uh, herdsmen are wanting to go to this one hillside, and Abraham's herdsmen were headed there. And it was getting to be a little bit, you know, a little bit tight in the area where they were staying at. And so Abraham says, look, there's no reason for us to be fighting and fussing. Look, I, you, I, you're, you're pretty established now. You, you've got plenty of possessions and family. He said, like, you go, you choose where you want to go. I'll go the other direction. So what did Lot do? He looked to the well-watered plains of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, he didn't intend to go anywhere in, in sin. He just wanted to manipulate the circumstances for his benefit. That's what was, Abraham was asking him to do, right? I mean, you choose which way you want to go, and I'll go the other way. So Lot began to look around and say, okay, well, uh, let's see. This looks pretty nice over here. Yeah, I, I, I'll increase if I go there. My, my herds will do well there. Okay, I'll take that. Well, what was the end? The end result. Now, it's several chapters away from here, but the end result was a family that was incredibly wicked, in love with Sodom and Gomorrah and the sin and the filth that that country is known, is known for, that the, these cities were known for, uh, eventually a broken home, eventually uh, a wife that would turn back and looked into, was turned into a pillar of salt. What, what did this manipulation really come to? Death, violence, destruction, heartache, broken home. What a misery. All because... All because he thought, you know what, I could probably manipulate this situation to benefit me. Well, it's never worked. It didn't work for Lot, didn't work for Abraham, didn't work for Cain, didn't work for, for, uh, for uh, Adam. Well, let's see. Uh, how about the next one? Let's go back to Abraham for a minute. Since we're there, we're headed there. Uh, Genesis chapter 15. Are you with me? This isn't boring, is it? Because it's, it's really interesting to me. All right, to see these stories and to see... The, 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 manipula- the attempted manipulation in, in every case, and they all end up in the same thing. They all end up with in, in violence, death, destruction. I don't, want it. I don't want that for me. Genesis 15, Abraham again. Uh, in verse number 1, 
after these things, the word of the Lord, oh, this is good. Oh, this is good. Are you looking at it? Follow along with me, okay? After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abraham, I am thy shield, and thy exceeding great reward. And Abraham said, Lord, God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And Abraham said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one, uh, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he uh, that shall come forth out of thine bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth uh, abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell, the, and, and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. This is, this is really where we're headed, okay? I want you to remember this passage. Abraham was promised by God to, to ha- his seed would be blessed. A great nation would become from him. Now, in Abraham's mind, he said, well, how is that possible? I'm like, I'm getting old, God. And, you know, the only one I have in my house is this servant that, you know, I could probably call him one of my sons. No son of his own. And God said, no, Abraham, that is not your son. I'm talking about a son from your own loins. He said, I'm going to give you a son, and in, in, in that son I'm going to bless, and I'm going to make of him a great nation. Now, it, it, remember that, because um, where's Sarah? Come on up here, Sarah. All right. <laughs> Move down here a lot, and uh, let me let uh, Sarah stand here beside Abraham. And it just, it just works out that he's their sister, brother and sister. So uh, <laughs> perfect fitting here. All right. Sarah, uh, jump with me to chapter 16. One chapter later, after that promise again is, is given by God to Abraham. One chapter later, Sarah says, I think I want to try my hand at this manipulation thing. It hasn't worked for Adam. It hasn't worked for Cain. It hasn't worked for Abraham. It hasn't worked for Lot. And let's see if I can do better. All right, so chapter 16, and look at verse 1. Now Sarah, Abraham's wife, bare him no children. And she had an handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And Sarah said unto Abraham, Behold, now the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go in unto my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abraham hearkened unto the voice of Sarah. She tried her hand at manipulation. And Hagar, her handmaid, was given to Abraham to wife. And a son was, was born. Ishmael. What was the end result of that? Well, you're still seeing it today in battling in Israel, in, in the Gaza area, and the, the hatred towards, uh, towards Israel. Hey, that, 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 um, the result of that manipulation, trying to, you know, trying her hand at trying to, 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 to make things better for them, it didn't work. Not for Sarah, not for Lot. Not for Abraham, not for Cain, not for Adam. But it's going to work for you. The rain's coming, and, and, and you, you think that you can manipulate things in your life so that you can you know, make things better for yourself, right? Well, give me an example of who that worked for. It hasn't happened yet. Sarah was feeling the pressure of these circumstances, and the end result... Of her manipulation, broken relationship, death, violence for generations to come. Still today, the battling and the fighting between the seed of Ishmael and the seed of Isaac. Abraham, again, we'll go back to Abraham because he didn't learn enough the first time. 
Once again, he found himself in the rain. In uh, Genesis chapter 20. You're, you're in Genesis. Stay with me. This is, this is getting good. Okay. Genesis chapter 20. And verse number 1, Abraham journeyed from thence toward the south country, dwelled between Kadesh and Shur, and sojourned in Gerar. And Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. (laughs) Does that sound familiar? That wasn't a one-time occurrence. That wasn't just a one-time this happened and, you know, many years ago. No, that was again this happened. Abraham still watching out for himself. Oh, I'm in a sticky situation. They're going to kill me. My wife is beautiful. I know she's 80 years old, but she's still beautiful. And, and uh, you know, we're going to have, I'm going to have to make some adjustments here. Okay, let's see. Say you're my sister again. So it happened again. And what was the end result? Again, God came to him, in a, in, to the, the, the prince here, and said, Hey, you're about to touch another man's wife, and you do that, I kill you and your whole city. Now, the end result would have been death. Abraham just didn't learn. <laughs> uh, Abraham was brought to another point, and this is this is getting exciting. Okay, jump with me to, to, to Genesis chapter twenty-two. Abraham was this time in circumstances not understandable by any one of us. Genesis chapter twenty-two, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here am I. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee to the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Wow. Wait a second. So, God, you promised me like a long time ago that you were going to give me a son, and of that son you were going to, you were going to make a great nation, and his seed would be innumerable, more than the stars in the sky. And, and now you're asking me to take that son, mine only son, and, and, and take him to a mount that you're going to point out to me when we get there, and I'm going to have to take that son and sacrifice him and burn him as a burnt offering? I don't get it, God. And, and if, if, if we know Abraham from these other situations, when he got into sticky situations, his, his manipulation gears began turning. But there was no manipulation that was going to work in this situation. I mean, you know, who, who huh. okay, uh, maybe I can take a servant, and the servant can say he's my son, and I can offer him. No, there was no, there was no getting out of this. And I believe that somewhere in that night, Abraham, what he should have done years before, it settled into his mind, okay, God, you've made me a, you made, you made me a promise. Oh, God, if, if you made, okay, I'll do it. You made me a promise. Okay, God, based on your promise, based on what you told me, I'm going to do what you told me to do. And you must have another plan. You, 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 it must be that you're going to somehow do a miracle and, 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 and you're going to bring him back in some way. And somewhere in that night, Abraham quit the manipulation and he held on to the promise of God. 
In holding on to the promise of God, he went up to the mountain, took, taking Isaac with him, and he said, okay, Isaac, let's go do what God told me to do. And Isaac said, okay, Dad, we've got the, I got the wood, and we've got the fire here, and, and, uh, and I'm helping you, but we're short one thing. We're, we're short the land. And Abraham says, oh, God, God's going to provide that. Don't worry about it. Okay. So they got to the point of the sacrifice. And, and, and Isaac, a, a grown man at this point, I mean, able to overcome his elderly dad, comprehended that dad was trusting God and laid himself down on an altar. And Abraham, trusting God and trusting the promise of God, raised the knife to slay his own son. You could read it. And in the moment before he went through with that sacrifice, an angel of the Lord says, no, 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 you hold up. Now I know that you believe God. Now I know that you are holding on to that promise that God made you. It is in this time and circumstances not understandable by anyone. God had asked him to make this sacrifice of his son. Look at verse number 10. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called him, called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. You rest assured. Abraham was happy to hear that voice at that moment. As his hand was raised with knife in it, he was just waiting for that voice to say, Abraham, he, he was as head. I don't know what, at what point Abraham was at, okay? But I know that very quickly he, okay, yes, what, go ahead, God, talk to me. I trust you. He was quick to pull that knife back. He had learned that manipulation of circumstances for his benefit wasn't going to work. The result had always been negative. It was negative for him. It was negative for his wife. It was negative for Lot. It was negative for Cain. It was negative for Adam. And no amount of manipulation was going to get out, get, get Abraham out of this situation. All he could do was trust what God told him to do. Look at verse number 15. And the angel of the Lord called Adam Abraham out of the heaven a second time and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gates of his enemies. And in thy seed shall the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Now, are you getting the idea? When it rains, and it's going to, when the storm comes, and my life is, 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 is in the storm, and when my life, when I don't know how, to, how I'm going to handle going through what I'm going through, okay, what do I do? Well, I do what Abraham realized. I can't manipulate my way out of it. I can't, you know, I can't begin to manipulate God into thinking that, okay, God, I don't deserve this, and I, I don't need this, and, and you can help me now, right? No amount of manipulation is going to change anything. Manipulation of circumstances only works for the negative. What do I do? Believe the promise of God. We don't have time to go through it, but Rebecca in Genesis 27 tries to manipulate the circumstances for her benefit. She never sees Jacob again before she dies. The result? Fighting, separation, and heartache. Jacob, 
we don't have time to go through it, but you can read the story in Genesis chapter 30 and 31. Jacob manipulates the breeding of the, uh, of the flocks of Laban. And for his benefit, you know, I mean, and, and if God was going to use this, don't, don't worry, okay? Not everything negative in the Bible is, you know, negative, like God can't use it. No, God can use it all and will use it all. Uh, but his manipulation of the flocks uh, led to a sore spot with Laban in, in a pretty sticky situation for two chapters in the Bible when Laban comes and confronts him about it and almost loses his whole family. But then we get to another story, and this is the one I want to... This, this one is so awesome. Genesis chapter 37. We won't read the whole story. I just want you to read the first part of it. Genesis 37. Genesis chapter 37. And it came to pass at that time that Judah went down from his brethren. He turned to a certain adult... No, that's not it. That's 38. Forgive me. Uh, here we go. And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob, Joseph, being 17 years old. Now notice where that's placed. Okay, that's significant. Uh, because he was the son that Jacob loved. These are the generations. Verse 2. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was fleeting the flock with his brethren and the lad... Uh, was with the sons of Bilhah, with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children, because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. Now we'll stop here for reading for the moment. Joseph, his circumstances were un. Believable. Unbelievable. I'm going to attempt to help you understand them, okay? His dad, Jacob, now named Isaac, okay, had a wife that he worked seven years for, Rachel. Uh, but that was not his first wife. His first wife was her sister, which Laban gave to him, kind of uh, trying to manipulate the circumstances, okay? Remember how that works out. Never works out good. Gave him Leah. He didn't want Leah. He wanted Rachel. Well, Leah was the one bearing children. Rachel wasn't having any children. So Rachel, trying to manipulate the circumstances, said, well, let me give you some, let me, let me help out here, and I'll, you can have my handmaid, and I'll have, you know, this didn't happen with anyone else before, right? <laughs> uh, but she said, Let's, let me help the situation out here, and gave him Bilhah. Leah didn't want to be outdone, says, okay, well, if you're going to have her handmaid, you can have mine too, Zilpah. Four wives in the house. Children by all of them at this point. The one son of the, the loved wife, Jacob loved, and, and treated him differently than all the others. He just the, 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 This was not ideal circumstances for anybody. What are your circumstances like? Are they bad? Are they like this? They hated him. He had a dream one day, and, and in that dream, you know, the Lord is going to use him and they, they, all of his brethren were going to bow down to him, and their mother and, the, and their father were going to bow down to him and, and be, give obeisance to him, and, and, and he was going to save them out of some calamity. And they hated him for this dream. Then he had another dream, very similar. And he shared that with them, and they hated him yet the more, the Bible says. 
So much so that when he, on an occasion where it was just the brothers and Joseph was coming to see them, uh, they said, here comes the dreamer, let's kill him. They planned to kill him. They dug a hole and said, let's throw him in this pit and we'll, we'll bury him alive. The oldest, Reuben, said, no, let's, let's not kill him. Uh, he, Dad loves him. Let's not let him go to waste, though. Let's sell him. Sold him into slavery. Took his coat to, back to Dad. Says, Dad, here, we found this coat bloodied all up. And I, oh, I don't know, we don't know where Joseph is. And uh, not ideal circumstances. Would you agree with me? Okay? Not ideal. This is not the, <laughs> this is not the kind of home I want to grow up in. Uh, less than ideal circumstances. Sold into slavery into a foreign land, a wicked foreign land. Nobody there to watch him. Nobody there to, no parents there to make sure he's behaving. Nobody there to, uh, to, 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 you know, to teach him and to, to make sure he's doing what's right and to, you know, make sure he gets to church on time and gets up in the morning. Nothing like that. All that Joseph had was a promise from God. God's going to use me one day. That's all he had. He didn't have Genesis. Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth. He didn't have any of that. All he had was the promise of God that, I'm going to use you one day. And he held on to that. And even in a foreign land when nobody there knew him or knew what kind, what kind of a background he had, knew, where, knew anything about his God, all they knew is that he was being blessed by God. And so they promoted him in the ranks into, in Potiphar's house until... The wife one day cast some wicked accusations against him, and Potiphar took her word for it, of course, and threw him into prison, and now he's wrongfully accused, wrongfully imprisoned, in prison for several years, and, and it, by the, the events that happened, he, he, uh, he, he tells the, the, the servants of the king what their outcome was going to be based on a dream that they had got to give him the, uh, the ability to, to, to determine what these dreams were, and he said, now, hey, when you get back to the palace, make sure you tell the the king, you know, who I am, and, 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 and that I can, I can do that kind of thing. <laughs> they forgot about it. He in prison for several more years. Now then, Joseph, where'd Joseph go? Get Joseph, get up here. Where are you at, Joseph? Come on. Sorry, I forgot about you, Joseph. <laughs> in prison, down there. <laughs> uh, Joseph, if you would forget, he's wrongfully accused, hated by his brothers. Let me just give it to you. Uh, four mothers, 11 boys him being one of them, and the one that was loved, hated by his, loved by his dad, hated by his brothers, attempted, attempted murder, kind of thwarted, and sold into slavery, sold to Potiphar in Egypt, uh, wrongfully accused, wrongfully imprisoned, forgotten about in prison, nobody there to make sure he's doing right. All he had was a promise of God. Through all of these circumstances, Joseph clung to a vision and to the promise of God. Do you understand the point of this whole message? No amount of Joseph trying to manipulate his circumstances was going to work. In fact, every attempt at manipulating circumstances before him ended up in death, violence, uh, you know, broken homes, broken relationships. What a what a mess this is! And he was living in the results of, of, of part of that. He said, okay, well, I'm not going to try to manipulate anything. All I know is that God gave me a vision, and he told me that he was going to use me one day. I'm going to hang on to that. No manipulation of circumstances has ever worked out for good. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, the Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. Lot. 
Sarah, Abraham, Cain, Adam, Abraham multiple times and a time again. Uh, Lean not unto thine own understanding, but on all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. How do I make you through the rain? Cling to the promises of God. Now, you all can sit down. You take that with you. Uh, Adam, no Bible. Adam had no Bible. Cain had no Bible. Abraham had no Bible. It hadn't been written yet. Are you, are you, now, you understand, the words, the, the words of God are, were forever settled in heaven, but they didn't have a copy of it. It wouldn't be till Moses, many years later, that, that those first five books of the Bible were even penned. Lot, no Bible. Sarah, no Bible. Rebecca, no Bible. Jacob, no Bible. Joseph, no Bible. You and I, we have the inspired, inerrant, written words of God. But they had a promise of God. You've got a whole book of promises. I've got a whole book of promises here. You know, but, I, but, but, but you know, uh, Adam, you know, back there, he, he you know, walked with God like in person. Okay, well, you and I can walk with God in person every morning, every afternoon, throughout the day if you'd like to. In fact, he wants to. (laughs) I mean, you know, uh, God talked to to Cain. Well, does God not talk to you? Have you not heard his voice? Has he never spoken to your heart? Abraham, I mean, he, he, he was like a friend of God. Okay, well, you could, you could be too. <laughs> I could be too. Look, we, I, have the, I have a book of promises. And if I want to make it through the rain, how, what, what can I do? I need to get to this book. This book, this is not, look, your Bible is not just part of a uniform. This, this Bible right here is not just something I carry under my arm to class at school. It's not just something I, you know, have to have to, you know, as a textbook for part of the time. It, this is not just something that you have to carry, you know, because preacher's gonna, hey, we got your Bible today, everyone, stand, take your Bibles and turn, I gotta have it, you know, I, I gotta have my Bible with me. It's not just that, no. It is the promises of God. And if I'm gonna make it through the rain in my life, I must have the promises of God. Because no amount of manipulation is going to change, is going to work out for my benefit. No, no amount of my own understanding, it works out for good. Only what God has told me works out for good. Just for the kicks, okay? Let's just see what, what the world has had to say about the Bible. Alright, how about, uh, uh, not just the world, but spiritual men as well. Uh, let's look at Billy Graham. What did he say about the Bible? We have in our generation people who question if the Bible is the Word of God. From beginning to end, the Bible is God's Word, inspired by the Holy Spirit. When I turn to the Bible, I know that I am reading truth, and I turn to it every day. Can I say that? George Mueller said, The vigor of our spiritual life will be in exact proportion to the place held by the Bible in our life and thoughts. Hmm. I solemnly state this from the experience of 54 years. I have read the Bible through 100 times and always with increasing delight. Each time it seems like a new book to me. Great has been the blessing from consecutive, diligent, daily study. I look upon it as a lost day when I have not had a good time over the Word of God. Is it a lost day to you if you haven't spent time in the Word of God? 
D.L. Moody said, I prayed for faith. And I thought that someday faith would come down and strike me like lightning. But faith did not seem to come. One day I read in the 10th chapter of Romans, Now faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I had closed my Bible and prayed for faith. I now open my Bible and begin to study. And faith has been growing ever since. Abraham Lincoln said, I believe the Bible is the best gift God has ever given to man. All the good from the Savior of the world is communicated to us through this book. George Washington said, It is impossible for, to rightly govern the world without God and the Bible. Daniel Webster says, If there is anything in my thoughts or style to commend, the credit is due to my parents for instilling in me the early love of the Scriptures. If we abide by the principles taught in the Bible, our country will go on prospering and to prosper. And to prosper. But if we in our posterity neglect its instruction, the authority and authority, no man can tell how sudden a catastrophe may overwhelm us and bury all our glory in profound obscurity. The world is bent on removing the word of God. They got it kicked out of the public school system. They're doing their best to get it kicked out of government and in every, any, you know, any connection between God and government and between governing the world, uh, to remove God from it. That's, that's their goal. Um, if that happens, then like Daniel Webster said, if we in our posterity neglect its instructions and authority, no man can tell how sudden a catastrophe may overwhelm us and bury all our glory in profound obscurity. We'll make it through the storm when we cling to this book and the promises of this book. We're not going to manipulate our way into a you know you know through an election cycle and you know to try to turn our country around. That's not going to work. Okay, what will work? This book and and believing this book and holding on to this book and cherishing this book and memorizing this book and reading this book in teaching this book, in passing it on to the next generation. Hey, where's your Bible? Is it just part of the uniform? Is it just, you know, an accessory? You know, something to decorate the the living room with? No, this is the words of God. This is the only thing that kept Abraham from completely ruining the whole plan. The promise of God. This is the only thing that kept Joseph from messing up. And, and, and look, the, the, his family was on the line. They would need him one day, just like oh wait, just like God said, <laughs> just like God had told him. Now, look, we're not going to make it through the storm by trying to manipulate our way through. We're not going to. What is it in your life that, that, that you that you wish would change? All right, so how would you change it? What would you do to manipulate things to, so that it, that circumstance would be lightened or would be different? I promise you, that won't work. Find you the promises of God. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Say, well, well, this situation, I don't, I don't like it. I think I can, I could probably fix it if I just, if I just do. No. Abraham probably tried something like that. Cain tried something like that. 
Lot tried something like that. Sarah tried something like that. Adam tried something like that. And the end result has always been the same. No manipulation of your circumstances will work out for your benefit. Just trust God. And where do you get those, where do you, where do you get those promises? Well, from that book, the one that you claim is yours, the one, the one that you carry to church, the one that you carry to school, the one that you maybe hide sometimes when someone walks by. Look, just claim it. Claim that book and, and believe that book and hold on to that book. That will bring me through the storm. Lord, thank you for loving us.